You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, friends, and welcome to the inaugural edition of the Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster podcast. It's going to be a Philly sports-centric podcast. I am going to be your co-host, Paul Hudrick. I, of course, community producer, uh, editor-in-chief over at Liberty Ballers. And I am going to be joined by, I guess today I'm going to call you Seamus Chauncey, perhaps. Uh, but you all know him. Uh, of course, Seamus Glancy, you all know him from the Philly Voice and uh, from the interwebs and uh, his, his I, I guess, his uh, pronounced uh personality on twitter we're gonna call it that sure i think uh, that's a safe conservative way of saying it yeah i wanted to be that's kind of how i wanted to go safe and conservative for now we'll get weird yeah. as the show goes on but um we're really excited to bring you this podcast this is something that's been in the works for a little bit here and shout out to uh jazz kang who runs the podcast over at liberty ballers who this was kind of his brainchild and thought that Seamus and i could do this and talk some philly sports and yeah we hope you guys are along for the ride because this is going to be a lot of fun uh, so Seamus, I guess we'll start with like, Hey, how the heck are you? And and what, what are you looking forward to most in this podcast? I'm just trying to chill. I'm, I'm really excited about this different vibe. So I'm familiar with the SB nation network wrote for them for, it feels like a decade before my current gig, but still do the podcast BGN radio obviously has always been a home to me for the last you know three, four years continues to be, have the, from the bleachers on there and my solo show, Odds and end zones with Zoe, the president of Philly Sports Twitter. <laughs> we have a live podcast coming up in a couple of weeks, so we can plug that too later on. Love it. So you have yeah. to come through to that. And you can hop a- on it. Just some brand yes. synergy going on. Yes. And that's and I feel like that's part of this too, is like what we wanted to do is because you know, I obviously I cover the Sixers and it's that's what I do, and that's my job, but I am a Philly sports fan. I grew up in South Jersey. My parents are both from South Philly. This is this was my life growing up. So like this. Yeah, this I'm so excited for the opportunity to do something other than Sixers. And I think it's cool, too, because you and I will be able to add like a scotch of like, quote unquote, insider stuff. But I think we're also going to add a ton of fam. Like, I think we're going to have a nice mix of both things. Maybe we'll bring some guests on here or there to kind of shine some light on some stuff here and there. We both know a lot of great people, as you already mentioned, Zoe being one of them and um, several, several people we know from our years doing this stuff, some great people, some great personalities and some people that really know, really know their shit for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, for, so for today, we're going to talk all four sports. That's the plan. Uh, maybe we'll mix, mix in a little union talk as well. We'll see. We'll see how frisky we get, but, um, certainly with the Eagles, we're going to talk today a little bit about the roster cutdowns, the big trade that they made howie roseman at it again we're going to talk some phillies bryce harper's return they're on the west coast right now uh games that are i had to be honest with you too late for me because i am old and washed and a dad now and i, can't I turned it up. off when it was seven nothing i same. thought i was going to bed for a win same same <laughs> so i seven nothing in the fourth inning is when it blew up and that's when i went to bed go figure 
Um, I also watched a lot of the rehearsal. Don't know if you've watched that yet, but that show is no, I, I know who like Nathan is and his brand and his style and seeing the memes, but I haven't watched myself. But it seems it's... like something that's so on brand that it's weird I haven't watched yet. It's one of those mm. things I'm waiting for. Oh, it's a rainy Saturday afternoon. I got nothing to do. Let me binge like through it. this type vibe. Yeah, I I were three episodes in, and each episode I have more anxiety from the last one. It's so it's so you feel like you need to have watched Nathan for you before to like get it. Uh, maybe I'll say if you if like, I'm familiar watched, with the brand yeah. and I've seen a couple episodes, but I didn't see the entire thing. Yeah, no, it's, I, I think if you've watched it here and there and you're familiar with the brand and you enjoyed yeah. it, you think it's funny, yeah. then you'll like this because it's like that on steroids pretty much. OK, Um. so, yeah, but I I don't think you need to be like if you just really enjoy that super kind of i mean a cringy awkward humor. yeah cringy works yeah then uh then then you'll like it, it it's, it's got that vibe but then we're also going to talk a little bit sixers james harden and his wine that came out this past weekend which I, i'll be honest i had some it's quite good we did actually, you get a nice little sample action oh uh, i no, i paid for it listen oh I'm, you paid for it I, oh, I, i'm a quote-unquote journalist That's so fun. i paid for it uh, you could you could <laughs> expense that that's in the name of journalism <laughs> i was going listen. to i was thinking about doing that and I guess it was maybe 2021 or late 2020. Terrell Owens came out with his own wine. And this is when I was full-time freelance writing for BGN, LB, doing the pods and everything. So I reached out to Tio's people in this 81 Vino or Wino. I don't know okay. exactly how I should be pronouncing it. Didn't take French in, in high school or college. But I reached out to them and they didn't say anything back to me. So ah. I ended up just buying it on my own. Because well, I wanted to have him come on the podcast to talk about the wine, yes. have him on that a- avenue and angle, but obviously also have T on the pod. I've had Dawkins on a couple of times. So I saw that, not, which I am yeah. so incredibly jealous of. There are like three athletes that I might be so flustered by that I wouldn't be able to talk to, and he is one of them. Um, but you, it's funny you said T.O. because my mom recently moved out of my childhood home, and uh, she blessed me with this that she found. Oh, uh, dude, I had so many of those McFarland <laughs> figures. So, like I have a bunch of Funko Pops and I have sports ones now. That feels like the spiritual successor to all those. I think there's yeah. a bunch in my parents' basement. I have that TO one. If you're watching, uh, maybe a video clip it. Maybe you could put these on YouTube yes. and later in the future, <laughs> see our fits and stuff like that. But I had that one uh, from South Philly. The place we they had them was right near where my grade school was, Blue Line Collectibles. Okay. I guess it's still called that now, but they had all of those figures there. Was, yeah. Where are your parents from in South Philly? I didn't know they were from them. Yeah. So my mom's a two shooter. She's from Second and McKean. Okay. okay. Uh, my dad is from Seventh and Snyder. So that's where they okay. grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lived so at Eleventh and Snyder before I moved to my current spot. So love it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's I. It was always like you know, it's it's funny because like a lot of people will give me shit for the whole oh you're from Jersey thing. I'm like, dude, I spent literally half of my life in philadelphia and i could get where i grew up in south jersey and where i'm actually currently at now i can get to the stadiums faster than most people that live within the city of philadelphia so just putting that out there um, did you live in south philly at all or are they just from no so they're, they're i'm just from curious south let's get no, all the background info out i lived i lived in west philly for a minute actually um, okay which same I, for just for college yeah yeah would never do that again but it was um but it was an experience. So I didn't have like a full on college experience because I just decided to have fun in my 20s, which um, I guess in retrospect worked out great because everything's good now. But did you not go to school? I did. I did. I oh, did it's go fine. Back to school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had I got 
I got, I explained this on another podcast, I think last week. I had uh, temporarily gotten dropped from the scrolls from the University of Pennsylvania. Love it. The way they said that, I thought I was in House of the Dragon or something. It sounds like a super serious thing. I was like, uh, what does that mean? It was like, oh, you just have to take a year off and then get a doctor to say that you're mentally well to come back to the school it was fun that's part of the journey see it is it is part of the journey yeah so i mean just like the quick synopsis is um i was really immature throughout my entire 20s eventually went back to school uh when i interned at nbc sports philadelphia i was 30 years old true story um yeah and here we are that's what seven years later seven years later eight years later almost but yeah uh and then um yeah other than that we're probably going to talk a little bit of flyers i'm gonna talk about you want to get your thoughts on what I believe is the Flyers' best offseason move. So we can talk about that when we okay. kind of wrap here. Uh, but the big news, of course, is the Eagles trade. Um, they swing Howie Roseman just kind of it does it again. Um, they get Chauncey Gardner Johnson from the New Orleans Saints and a seventh round pick in 2025 uh, for a fifth round pick in 2023. And the later of the Eagles' two second round picks in 2024, which is hilarious because one of those picks could potentially be what started off as Jay jaw, which went to the Seahawks. Um, and that's just funny that that could turn into that. And uh, they cut him today. Did you see that? They Seattle did in fact cut him, cut him today. I assume oh, they're going to practice squad him. They must, I have a feeling they knew they were going to wind up cutting him eventually, but they wanted to get him in camp. I get, I don't know. Um, did you see that video that their social media posted after the trade? <laughs> yes. They, they found a, all four highlights. 14 there. second highlight video. <laughs> Jade Hall over the last three years. Poor guy. And I feel I was, bad because I'm a it's sympathetic. A little different than like yeah. maybe some other bus. Not saying names. It's with the team. He seemed like he really tried and gave a damn and yeah. was willing to just be super role player. I'm just a blocking receiver. I'm literally going to go out there to block. And he was pretty good at it. Obviously, nothing close to what a second round billing is, especially with the players they pass on him for. But he seemed like he just took it on the cheek, so to speak. And I can yeah. respect that a little bit, even though was not good at playing wide receiver. No, he was not. But and, and, and quite frankly, agreeing to become a tight end. I mean, that's that's a yeah. Like not player. everyone's going to do that, right? Yeah. Like you I think Jalen Rager would be better in the NFL as a Cordero Patterson type running back. Sure, but yeah, I can see that. I can't speak to who he is personally. He doesn't really speak to the media often. Hasn't been shown this offseason. It's yeah. not traditionally going into the locker room and grabbing players and stuff like that. Maybe he's been there in camp. I haven't. He's been at camp most of the days. I think. Uh, seems like he's had a really solid camp compared to what he's been in the past, but yeah. uh, especially with the dearth of receiver there and the kind of questions of the running back, I'd like to see what he could do there. I brought I, this up last yeah, year. Yeah, just I mean, the make him the OW, right? Just make him an offensive weapon and just see yeah. what you can get out of him. Um, and they then, manufacture uh, some touches with the jet sweeps, yeah. and that just doesn't feel like it works for him, but maybe something else if, if they're going to keep something. on the roster. And as of right now, made the Eagles initial 53 man roster, obviously, he could be traded before week one over the next 10 days or whatever yep. it is. And the team calls up something as someone else from the practice squad. The practice squad isn't finalized now, but I'm sure they'll see guys like Dion Kane and Richard Rogers will end up on the practice I would squad. I'd be very happy if, if Dion Kane got to the practice squad. I think that would be a solid way to go about it. And I, I could see Rager and I could also see Andre Dillard potentially still getting moved. Um, yeah. Especially, I mean, Dillard, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know that I would just because of depth, but then at the same time, I'm team keep them. The Eagles are so good, though. It's like it's how Rosen made the whole quarterback factory thing, but like they're legitimately an offensive line factory. Like they find these guys and Stout coaches them up, and they're like they become great. Like it's 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 insane. Like I mean, clearly Myelotta like already had so, so much physical ability, but 
the fact that they turned him into a guy who could potentially be a Pro Bowl left tackle is just mind-blowing. But I want to get your thoughts first um, on the trade. Now, it is important to note, um, of course, when you're looking at the return, that Gardner Johnson is uh, uh, a pending free agent. This is the last year of his rookie deal. So uh, either he's going to kind of have a lame duck season or they're going to sign it to extension. I don't know. Um, you were, I know you were there today uh, with when Harry Rosen spoke. Did you get any kind of inclination there or did anything else yeah. kind of stand out to you? Uh, another reporter, it might have been Zach Burton of The Athletic, asked about the contract situation. Definitely a fair question and something that came to my mind as soon as I saw the trade. Uh, how he was mumbling that, you know, typical GM speak, not talking about a player's contract because then have to talk about every player's contract, stuff like that. So but he does, not but okay. basically what I was expecting, but a fair yeah. question too. And if you look in that wide in that the defensive back room, Darius Slay should be here for the next year. They they reworked his contract recently. James Bradbury is on a one year deal. Avante Maddox is in the first year of a new contract extension that he signed last season. So they have some pieces that are going to stay there, some pieces that won't. But I assume with a Bradbury departure, they're willing to allocate some of those financial resources to theoretically, if he plays well this year, and I think he will. Uh, I started calling him in articles CJ. J say CGJ, CGJ, which is terrible to say out loud, but it's easy to type relative sure. than typing his name out all the time. We got to talk about too. Um, on top of being, you know, a good football player who seemingly looks like he's going to be a really good fit. Um, I know we uh, with the Saints spend a lot of time as a nickel corner and, and really was really good nickel corner, but has safety experience. And I could see them too, like Avante Maddox. Like he looked really good as a, as a rookie playing safety. I can I, see. I him. still think he's a safety. Like no, uh, I haven't I'm gotten over that. I, <laughs> yeah. The team is, is stays kind of quiet on some of that stuff. Yeah. And they went more general today. Nick Sirianni and how he rose and so to the media uh, this afternoon, recording this Tuesday night uh, around three, four o'clock today, spoke to the media uh, Sirianni and Howie. Sirianni talked about some of the versatility they like in defensive backs, obviously being very general. Don't want to talk too much specifics with game plan. They mentioned that given, Hey, we're, we're preparing to play Detroit. We're not going to tell you what this guy that doesn't have any take with us is going to play like. And you know, that's, that's natural to say, but I think they look at these guys as more versatile roles. They don't really have a true, true safety type guy as a starter here. I like Marcus Epps. The team is very, very high on Marcus Epps as an internal option. He's going to have one of the safety spots and he's not even a traditional safety. I don't think he's kind of a smaller guy. I think what they want most out of safeties is kind of antithetical to, uh, the lizard brain of Eagles fans that, you know, my time as a fan before, you know, covering the team in person, some things change with stuff like that, but you always want like hard hitter. You want aggression, different stuff like that. And uh, Garner Johnson can be aggressive in other ways, but more so a coverage guy rather than a sort of box safety up playing against the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And, I think and, they're looking at yeah. those no, guys, Josiah yeah. Scott, Avante guys who could play a little, mostly corner filling in safety. If they have to, they want some more coverage based stuff and Jonathan Gannon's scheme to kind of let things come underneath and not give up big plays with coverage as far back as you could say. And, and Gardner Johnson obviously has experience. Like he covers tight ends. He's, you know, he's, yeah. he's physical, he's tough. And I think um, he's, uh, he's going to be a fan favorite in like n in no time. The first time he plays a game probably because he's probably going to hit somebody um, like you kind of already mentioned. And that's, that's an easy way to get people to like you. And then he, is going to talk so much shit. He is yes, that's one it. of that's the it. biggest shit talkers in the NFL. And I think someone already made the joke, like, thank God camp's already over. So him and like Derek Barnett can't get in a fight. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, or him and AJ Brown. He's like, cause you know, there's the whole thing with Mike Thomas when he was with the saints, taking a swing at him. Um, 
Yeah. So I think they would have gotten in a fight this year. Yeah, probably. But AJ... I mean that in an awesome, like oh, those yeah. two dudes are just two alphas. I AJ love Brown the energy. I think it's man. it's yeah. great vibes. If you compare where the team was 24 months ago to where they are right now, energy, vibes, predictions, expectations, everything just feels different and feels a little special, I would say. I don't necessarily disagree. I think um, maybe next week you and I can get into a little bit more of like our expectations for the season sure. and kind of how we view it. But it's, man, it's really hard to not be optimistic. I mean, I know in, as, you know, growing up Philadelphia sports fans, we have that little knot in our stomach that tells us to not do that. Um, but it's hard not to because there's so much excitement. And I don't, I, I'm one of those people that with Jalen Hurts, like, I, I don't know that he's the guy, but if he is the guy, I will be elated for so many reasons. One, because he is one of the easiest players on planet earth to root for. He's such a good dude. He works so hard um, and he's so fun. And so if he winds up being the guy, nobody will be happier than me. Like I, I I'm 100% on board if he becomes the guy, but we can kind of get into more of that. I think next time and, and delve a little bit more into where we talking about Jalen hurts on every podcast yeah, for the next much. six months or, right. or probably <laughs> If things go well for them this season, we'll probably be talking about him every podcast for the duration of this podcast there. So yeah, we'll have some time for that. Very or even if he's just honestly, even if he's bad, we're still be doing it. Because... Yeah, because they're really we lost the, the <laughs> birds blew that season because Hertz wasn't uh Hertz threw three picks in the the divisional round against Tampa Bay or something. Exactly. Like something. It's always gonna be something with you. And it's that's but that's part of what makes the Eagles fun too, is that it's oh there's always something to talk about when you're the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. You're always going to be in the crosshairs, but I want to move on to another guy who is um, easily the one of the most, if not the most likable athlete in Philadelphia right now. And that's Bryce Harper who made his return on Friday night. Uh, I know you said you were there. Uh, the juice, I was there on Saturday night and just the juice in that building really hasn't, it hasn't been there in quite some time, but now you have a team that is it's in pretty firmly in, in a playoff spot um, as you know, if all goes well, they should be in pretty good shape to keep that playoff spot. You have one of the best players in baseball, the reigning NL MVP coming back. Uh, I think if the opponent was a little bit better, that that stadium would have been completely, completely full. But it is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Maybe with Mets fans, if it was a good Mets, oh, opponent, there have been a lot of been, Mets oh fans. Oh my there. god, that would have been. See, that was a. We could talk about that. We might just we could do a podcast that's just that at some point in the off season. A look back when it's dead in March or something like that. Was that was to see on that TV. was repulsive, yeah. and yeah. I get that there's a precedent there in terms of the ticketing thing, but someone up top's got to be like, "Yeah, this just doesn't fly." And the teams, they're the best team in the division. They absolutely own the Phillies this year, yeah. and it's not as if the Phillies are bottom feeders and they just want anyone to come to the stadium. They are in not just in the playoff race; they are in the playoffs technically. You know, before the season ends, but if the season ended today, you know, they're going to Atlanta for a three game series. Yeah, and. And I don't, and the whole first pitch thing, oh man, uh, that's that what I mean. Real. Like the, the first pitch uh, with all the Mets fans there, and it was just, yeah, someone um, needed someone needed to end that. Like, how I, do I, I, how do you not even just see the guy on the field, yeah, in the Mets jersey, and someone up top doesn't just, you know, on the walkie talkie, that's that guy's either got to like not throw the first pitch, right. or you got to get him to take off his shirt, turn it inside out, give him a red something. Philly shirt. If he doesn't want to wear the Philly shirt, make him wear it inside out, something like that. That just can't happen. No, it was bad. It's just a, yeah, it's, and, and it's funny because they played well, they played good baseball literally against the entire 
entirety of the major leagues except for the New York Mets, which is just so infuriating when you add to that the fact that they're in here basically taking over Citizen Bank Park. And I I do think it's a couple fold. I mean, one thing for me personally, um, you know, it was uh, Saturday. So Saturday is my first game since the pandemic. Um, That's how long it had been um, for me. So one, um, that. Two, I had a kid, and that really complicated. Son's first game? Nah, so we, so, well, unfortunately, uh, his first game was supposed to be the week that my dog had surgery, but then my oh, dog I'm had so surgery. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. How, nah, what's the status right. now? Okay. Uh, he's great. No, okay, he, he's, for now, dude, good to hear. He, he's, he's doing terrific. Um, he should be back, to, like, he's pretty much back to himself already. Good. Stitches are out. He's, he's doing great. Uh, so that's, thank God. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we had our plan. It was, <laughs> that was, we, my fiance and I took off that week. Uh, so much for that. And we were planning to take miles to his first game. I think it was a Thursday day game, which actually they wound up losing and it was a shitty game anyway. So I guess it worked out, but um, that was supposed to be his first game. You would have set your kid up nicely for the rest of That's his life true. saying like holding him tightly, like son, like this is it. This oh, is the already, rest of your life. Know. He's this gonna, is I've your already, rest of your I've life already, watching this. I've already contemplated just like not this being like, Hey, do you want to be like a Tampa Bay Rays fan or I like I don't know. Um, but no, I would never do that, obviously. But I it, it's funny because I viv- just have vivid memories of like my dad every once in a while when things go well in Philadelphia and then they don't go so well. Him just saying something to the effect of this is your life, like this is Philadelphia sports. You're going to be dealing with this forever. And even the 08 World Series, I remember when the when the first when we had to deal with the delay and the delay happened, he said. It was oh, like he basically said, like it was always going to be this. Like this is the way it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just so Friday for you, what was it like? You know, Bryce's return, he gets a deservedly hero's welcome back, hits a single RBI single in the, his first at bat. Just what what was kind of the vibe, the feel there? So good energy in the stadium. I went to Chickies and Pete's before I don't cut myself. Philly boys go in the stadium. We got tickets before it was announced that Bryce was playing. We had the assumption that he might play on Friday. So I think on Monday or Tuesday of last week, we bought these tickets for cheap. I think 43 bucks with fees. We're row two, 300 level behind home plate. Unbelievable. One of the best seats. I've sat in the diamond club and, or the hall of fame club or both of them. Really? I think I like those seats more than anywhere else. I've been in the stadium. It was just beautiful. You had the sight line an unbelievable view of the city. And what's even wild because of how that game starts Bryce is hitting cleanup. First three runners get on base. <laughs> base is loaded, zero outs. And his first at bat in Philadelphia. And I guess a little over two months. And everyone in that stadium is thinking the same thing. Oh, my effing God, is he going to hit a grand slam right here? <laughs> and he was swinging for it. He was swinging for a home run all night. And I get maybe it's not the best thing in terms of just producing consistent winning baseball. But as a, a true showman who very easily endeared himself to Philadelphia and knows it's very easy to do that well. He was certainly trying to launch a homer into Mars or something like that, but he slaps that, I wouldn't call it a slap, but he rips a two RBI, two run single, and everything was was good from there, man. It was nice. It was good atmosphere. Yeah. I missed yeah, it. I missed you know, having fun saying. baseball. Right. Like I, I was there Saturday and like, you know, I, I like I said, I hadn't been to a game, you know, since prior to the pandemic, but even all those years, like, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009, like I was there all the time. I, I really was. Yeah. And even, and then after that, I was still there all the time. Right. Like I, I would at least go to a couple games a year thereafter. 
And it was the most energy there'd been in that stadium since that era. There really was. And it's not to say it was at that level because it's not. No, it's, 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 it wasn't. It's all relative. When I say the right. crowd was electric, that's in a post-2011 right. kind of quantity. Can't Comparing anything from, I guess that it's a fateful night in the organization. Game 5, 2011, Ryan Howard, Terrence Achilles' last play. Cardinals go on to win the World Series. Everything's pre and post that in terms of excitement level, expectations, all that stuff. So no, 100%. nothing really compares that at all, especially because I was young there. Like the four years they made the playoffs or five years, I should say, were from my eighth grade year to uh, my senior year of high school. So it was literally the perfect era to have all of that shit going on. Yeah. Well, I was a little bit older, uh, <laughs> but it was still fine. perfect because it was like it was my early 20s. So it was wonderful to. See, that's what my friends miss yeah. out. We we joke we've never been to a Phillies playoff tailgate. Yeah, I've tailgated. I've never drank uh, a beer at a Phillies playoff game or anything like that. Why? I've and done I, it for all the other teams. I just remember, like during that era, like being like a young single guy and like calling you know, just calling off your buddies on a random night. Huh. Hey, you want to go to a Phillies game? Get standing. Dangerous Knights crew. Ah, oh, dude, just good times. Um, you know, you wrote something. And I agree with it because I was so where I was sitting in the stadium, I was right by Jeans Jeans when I was there yeah. on Saturday night. We got to bring back the fan group. Yeah, I'm with man. you on that. Like, and I already got I got one good one that I like because I have a I irrationally like this guy. Just I think the vibes I dig big time, and that's Brad Marsh. I just I just yeah. dig the vibes. Um, Marsh is Martians because he's a little bit of I a like weirdo it. too. He definitely I, is. I like the beard. I, I like fits. the vibes. Like you were saying, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Marshes, Marshes, Martians. I don't know what else. I have one got. worry here. I have a worry here. Yeah. And I'm someone who wrote that I like the jeans gene thing. Yeah. When I think back to the player sort of clubs and fan clubs, whatever you want to call them, we were kids. It's mostly at the end of the veteran stadium days, right? You have yeah. Vincente Padilla, Robert Person, yeah. Brandon Duckworth, Randy Wolf, and some of those were good players that some of them made all star teams in Philadelphia. But I wondered, is that kind of a losing team thing? Hmm. I'm, I I wasn't planning on thinking this, but it's hitting me now. Like <laughs> they didn't really do that in 2007 through 11. They actually just yeah. had awesome players that everyone rallied around. And I wonder if that's uh, I like I just like energy from the fans. I like people being excited to go buy tickets and yeah. go to a game and do all that. But I worry, I don't want to get too. Well, processy with it yeah too. No, oh no i get it well i think that's it, during that era it was so hard to get tickets yes that, that makes it was sense, probably yeah. much harder to do that so i i think yeah that's in a, a good way, one that's a good one in a way it's probably a product of a bad team it's it's more of a, i guess it's a product of a team that can't sell out a building which is unfortunate which hopefully this team uh down the stretch that will not be an issue because whereas we've already stated they're going to be in the thick of it and bryce harper is back and there's a lot of excitement, a lot of fun to be had uh, this season. So, and it, it's definitely a new energy there um, with Rob Thompson as manager. With I know a guy like Schwarber, I feel like has been a really good influence and kind of brought some some winning culture to to the to the team there. And that maybe wasn't there with some other previous players that we don't have to mention. Uh, I agree. I wrote that before the season. Like that was right when I started for Philly Voice was when MLB free agency really got in the thick of things. And obviously the Phillies were trying to do outsplash everyone in free agency. And what I liked about Schwarber, obviously some inconsistency in his career for sure, but uh, on a 
kind of fan level, a personal level, you have to understand and like the guy that's just this. He almost feels like a throwback to players that we watched when we were kids growing up and watching MLB, where you have these hulking sluggers who can't really play the field, but just mash home runs. Players aren't really like that anymore. Yeah. So I like that. But I did mention this guy was a key cog on playoff teams and a team that won the World Series. They have no one else on their team who has done that, right? I don't think they have anyone else who's won a World Series. Maybe a yeah. random reliever. I'm not thinking of like Zach Wheeler. He missed the entire 2015 season with the Mets. Right. So he doesn't even have, you know, that on his, on his radar. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they think. really don't have. No, no. Syndergaard pitched in the postseason for that. Okay. So they have I one. Yes. Yeah. But like, yeah, really like they're, they He's just, played in they the world series really lack. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, yeah, and Brad Ham is in Cleveland and he's never pitched in anything big. Was he, was, think. was he there in 2016 when they played the Cubs in the World Series? Mm, yeah, I think the point so. stands. The, the big players on the team, Bryce, Real Muto, don't have yeah. that experience. Yeah, no, like the top three guys theoretically going into this season. Right. No. So sure. Yeah, sure. We're adding that. I think that's part of it. It's on top of like you said. I do think there is something to that. Like that. Like he's kind of a throwback guy. Um, just a just a pure slugger. Um, and he just doesn't look like like you know, with all due respect to him, because nor do I, he does not look like an athlete. You know what I mean? He looks like one of our friends. Right. He looks looks like a dude, Um, but he's just good. And he just matches baseballs and it's a lot of fun. Um, One thing I want to ask. Well, it's actually two things, but okay. One would be, what are you kind of, and I guess we've kind of touched on this a little bit. Like, what are you most excited for, for the Phillies as, as we inch kind of closer to the stretch run in the postseason. And then also because you and I both are Philly sports masochists, what are you most scared of um, down the stretch? It's September 23rd and they are up three, one in the ninth inning and they really need to get this game because the Padres have an easy soft schedule coming up and the bullpen just absolutely blows it. Aaron Nola pitched a great one run, eight inning effort. Bryce Harper went yard solo slam. Kyle Schwarber has two RBI. 
and then they blow that and just kind of trickles from there. I'm worried about the pitching and numbers wise, the starting pitching staff, especially when you get into the postseason, you really don't need three guys. Noel's been very good this year. I've kind of trashed him the last couple of years because I don't think he lived up to the expectations of the 2018 season when he finished uh, third in the Cy Young voting. But he's been very good this season after handed him. Zach Wheeler, I like more than, than Nola. I think if I had to do the playoff rotation, the one, two, three, I'd put Wheeler first. I think the team would too, but I get that being a divisive topic. Then you have Ranger Suarez, who doesn't have as much experience. Those guys definitely doesn't have any playoff experience, but I think I roll with him as the number three guy. I agree. I think that rotation's fine. I'm not going to say it's elite. So I'm saying it's going to stack up with every team in the playoffs. I think they're going to be able to hit with anyone. I think they have enough guys, and it's, it's a joke at this point. Oh, they have enough guys that you can survive cold streaks, and then when they lose 6 nothing, those jokes <laughs> and tweets get brought up. But they should be able to do that. If they're going to win in October, it's not going to be because of the pitching. It's because these guys go full 2008 Phillies mode or whatever it is. The bullpen. Yeah. The bullpen is there. That's the worry. It's been the worry for the last two or three years that really crushed them when they could have made the playoffs in 2020. They've been they thought good they were going to be on that though. role. Yeah, and I, I wonder... In June 1, I think, their their numbers are, are really, really good. Yeah, and then, then last night, though, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I know well, Ranger... Having had, to bring uh, in Christopher Sanchez was, uh, yeah. was the death knell there. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, like, Sir Anthony, uh, like it's it's good news that I, I think he was... They said he was throwing yesterday pain-free, which yeah, is I mean, news because he's been insanely good. He's the best for them yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Hand has actually had a pretty good year. He's struggled a little bit lately. Uh Alvarado, since he's come back, has been excellent. Um, Coonrod is actually a nice addition to have back. Brogdon's been Brogdon actually has struggled the last few a couple outings, but before that he was very good. Uh, I mean they have some pretty good arms. Um, but it's just uh, and I, I'm glad you brought up the rotation because I'll say and you're right. I agree that like you need the top three like that. That's what you need to get you through. And I like Ranger Suarez. I think he's got a, a bright. I think he's he's had a, a pretty damn good year. And I think he's got a pretty bright future. Him as a number three worries me a tad. It, Definitely, it does. Yeah. And that's and like I love what Dombrowski did at the deadline. Like I, I, yeah. had, I have zero complaints about getting Syndergaard, about getting Marsh, about getting Robertson, who I didn't even mention. We were talking about bullpen guys who yeah. um, obviously had a terrific season. Um, Former future Philly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he made three great, I mean, really good deals. Um, yeah. Didn't give, didn't sell, you know, obviously held on to their three best pitching prospects, which is, was was a, a huge deal um, in all these trades. But the lack of a number three, true number three starter scares me. I was very excited about the Carlos uh, Rodon rumors because I thought that would have been yeah. a guy who would have been perfect. Slot in is that number three guy, and I I'd put up Wheeler Nola Rodon, uh, Rodon against anybody in baseball. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been that good, but so that's if I have a fear, I would say that was probably what worries me the most is, is that number three Sparter spot. And I, the bullpen, I, I, I'm going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt if Sir Anthony is healthy. Um, I I you know I. I feel so much better about the bullpen now than I did last year or the year before. Definitely. Or I mean, those were back. literally um, his, by ERA. <laughs> historically, uh, yeah. Historically, one of the two or worst ERAs for an entire bullpen over the course of an entire season, not hyperbolic. I've written about it. Literally yes. one of the two or three worst ERAs ever in the yes. history of baseball. Very bad. Um, one thing we might need to do sometimes with this Phillies bullpen, and that is uh, pour us ourselves a nice glass of wine. Um, and there's probably no better glass of wine to pour than for us than the Jay Harden Cabernet that came out over the weekend. 
Uh, so I'll let you know that I ordered. Some. I want to know because then I don't want to know if I have to buy it too. I, mean, I to got buy it. it. Right after so this. I'll say this. So I think the it's like seventeen ninety nine or eighteen ninety nine online. Oh man, that's not that bad. Tio's no. mine was cost me like fifty five dollars to get it right. shipped so, last year. And like I, I know that was part of the deal. Like I, you know, part of the deal that Harden said is I wanted to make it affordable while still being good. And he also said swaggy, which I'm sure the bottle art is amazing. Actually, it's really cool. Um, the design of it. Um, Do you have it next to you? No, I no. <laughs> dude, it's gone. Um, <laughs> well, I, I still have my to wine bottle. Right. I have it up with some of my sports stuff. I got it. It says it on there. I got, well, I do. I mean, I have my Eagles uh, Super Bowl champion wine back there still. Um, but yeah. do you have the Do you have the Bud Lights? No, In that you know, big I package. No. I have a. If they win it again, I might have to drink one of the Bud Lights that are, that are six years old anymore. Love it. That's I would like. I think you should shotgun it too. I think that's only appropriate. Oh, it's a um, bottle. It's it's an, it's a really oh, nice bottle. Uh, themed bottle. I got you. Like this aluminum bottles, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I did. I bought it seventeen. It was like seventeen or eighteen ninety nine. Not bad. Um, and it honestly not a bad wine at all. Um, I'm not a wine drinker per se. I'm more of a beer drinker myself, but my fiance Carrie is a, is an avid wine drinker, um, especially because nice. she has to deal with me uh, for the last seven years. Um, Imagine how much she... wine I'll be drinking two months into this podcast. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so she gave it a, uh, she said seven or eight. I said eight out of 10. For, if you're a wine a... person, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. You, you for, would assume a... she's a tough critic. Right. For, for an economical wine. She yeah. said like, yeah, like a seven, solid, solid seven or eight. So, yeah, the only thing is they kill you on the shipping with it. Oh, so it's like it's, it's got to be in stores. Not that it is yet, but it's I don't know if it's I, I assume it's going to be at some point. Maybe they're waiting to see how it does. I don't know. But um, yeah, they, it's some, it was over 10 bucks for shipping. So that that's what kills you. Um, So all told, it wound up being like over 30 bucks. So that's what stinks. But better to do some white wine in the spring for the playoff right? run. Nice, yeah. nice chilled wine for all the nice Chardonnay. six or sickos or perhaps a hanging out in the parking lot beforehand. Yeah. Maybe a nice Moscato that you could mix with some OJ and make almost like a little uh hardened sangria. A hardened sangria. Ooh, there we go. I like it. Um but yeah, so I also too, I'm gonna shamelessly plug uh, my article today that I wrote for Liberty Ballers about just this idea where a lot of people have just, uh, and this has gone on since the trade happened, really, that Harden is just kind of done. Like, he's like, okay, he's 32 years old, now 33. He just celebrated a birthday, but 32 years old, he's done. He can't play anymore. And this article, just like the way what I did was, is just outline like the evidence that clearly this guy wasn't healthy. Like, he had a yeah. grade two hamstring strain. That means he tore muscles in his hamstring. Um, I compared it to Chris Paul, like when Chris Paul was in the Rockets, everyone thought ah, he's done. And then Maury trades him for Russell Westbrook. And now what is uh, sorry, Darley really bad trade. Um, he goes to OKC, Chris Paul, and all of a sudden he's great again. And he's been great. Took the sons of the finals has made three all star teams. So, um, you know, I, I think he's not Houston Harden. He's not going to be scoring 60 points anytime soon, I don't think. And I don't think they need him to be that. I think the guy that was in Brooklyn was really good last, you know, not the first Brooklyn year. Yes. The 2021 year. Like if you go back and look at that 2021 uh, playoff run, they, they play the Celtics in the first round that goes five games. He was insane. He was the best player on the court. Um, Is his, I think he shot like, it was like something like 76% true shooting and average almost a triple double. Like he was sensational. 
And then the hamstring tweak happens 43 seconds into the first game against the Bucks. Who knows how that series goes if he's still that guy. And then clearly it lingered. Um, he got COVID with Brooklyn, rested for two weeks, came back, he was good. Oh, almost as if the hamstring just needed a little rest. Same thing before he joins the Sixers. Um, they trade for him. He sits out through the All-Star break. The first four games back, he looks like the best player on the planet. Then roller coaster for the rest of the season. So um, I feel optimistic that he will be a much better version and a much more consistent version of, of himself next year. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy who was the MVP of this league in 27, 2018, but could he be the guy uh, that was with the Nets in 2021? I think so. So I guess I'm just for you, like, do you, how are you feeling about Harden? Like, do you, do you have, are, are you optimistic? Is it just, um, are you, are you pessimistic or are you feeling, or are you just kind of like sitting back and kind of wanting to see how it all plays out? It comes to Harden, I'm worried a little bit. This is what I'm kind of worried about. October, November, he looks amazing. I'm not saying MVP form, but all NBA form. That's kind of what you saw in 2021 in Brooklyn, right? He wasn't the guy who had won MVP in 2018. Uh, people thought he was. People really? were giving him MVP when I, I remember because it was it was Jokic and Bead, and then people were saying because Harden was so good. Um, after the trade deadline, after like post all-star break, like he was sensational. And people were saying that until he got hurt. People like, were I still saying think he can make a conversation in that all NBA second team. I think that's still a realistic yeah. possibility for him over the next two years that he could do that. And if he's playing at that level, say October, November, and it looks awesome. The Sixers are rolling Christmas day, biggest stage. He has a 40 point triple double at MSG against the Knicks. Sixers odds to win the championship flying up. Everyone's going wild. Christmas Day, the Eagles beat the Cowboys the week before to clinch the division. Everything's right in Philadelphia. And he looks that, but the injuries, not necessarily that something new happens, but the grind and wear of a season with how many minutes he played. One of the things that yeah. was so great about his career now hurts him is that next to LeBron, he was the guy playing the most games, the most minutes of that era, consistently, consistently being out there. Well, I'll put, I'll, I'll give you this stat that I had in the article. Um, his his time in Houston, only Damian Lillard and PJ Tucker actually played more games than him during that stretch, and he averaged more minutes than any player in the NBA over that time. Yeah, but then come April. It's an issue. He's worn down a little bit, getting a little bit older, and then come May when. Things break down. Obviously, I'm a, I'm terms of a, a guy who thinks a 16 game season is way different. The play style of an 82 game season, and he just doesn't have that extra gear physically at that point. Not saying skill wise, I think uh, the skill for him will always always be there. He has the passing gene. I think he's one of the two, three, four, five best passers in the NBA. Still, I think that's something that's vastly underrated for him over the course of his career. And it's uh, the NBA version of the NFL saying like whenever. A quarterback, it's a, it's a meme at this point, throws a sidearm pass, you'd be like, oh, imagine what they would say if Patrick Mahomes made that play. I think that with Luka Doncic, in terms of through the leg passes, that, that classic drive through the leg pass, James Harden's been doing that since I was in high school. It's fine. He does that all the time. So I think the skill will be there, but I'm, I'm worried the grind and of another aggressive, gritty postseason series, that wear and tear can just show himself, even if it's not him. Uh, intrinsically doing anything wrong. No, I, yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, but your optimism, that's the two sides, but I'm more pessimistic. I'm yeah. not pessimistic. Like, in terms of, I was calling for them to make that trade for not just the last two years, like 
obviously, as soon as if you're someone who followed the process, you like Sam Hinkie, all that stuff. Harden is this kind of mythological figure, right, in those early Sixers ever. Sam Hinkie got that job because he was the architect of that James Harden trade, and he was the most, like, analytically, the greatest offensive player in the in the history of the game, at least, at least perimeter, in the perimeter game. And then to see him get Daryl Morey in here, you have the best big man in the NBA. You have a disgruntled, I guess he's, he's a power forward, but he says he's a perimeter player in Ben Simmons, and it just seemed like such a natural swap that you wanted to trade for him and all that stuff that, he took up to another level in our consciousness as a guy that they needed to get hard. He was the final piece. He was the guy that was finally, finally going to bring the Sixers over the top, give Embiid the true number two or 1A, 1B that he hasn't had, that Simmons was, and that Tobias Harris isn't, all of those things that Jimmy Butler wasn't here long enough to be. And it's understandable why things didn't turn out turn out the way they did in the Miami series, but nonetheless, disheartening for Philly fans. Yeah, I and I uh, like like again like my whole thing was just it. I think it's health. Like I I think health I is can, the biggest thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think you kind of already touched on it. And I know like Dave Early, who writes for us, who does such a great job. One of his biggest things is he and he said it last year, even before Harden got here. He said, "This guy plays too many minutes. Like someone needs to yes. like get in his head and let him know, like, dude, like you have to do some t- some load management stuff here. Like you have to not like." You can't play 82 games. You got to play more like 60 to 65. You can't play 37 minutes. Like you got to play more like 32 to 35 minutes a night. Like it's just too much wear and tear, especially as you get older. And I do have optimism too, in the sense that, you know, like the, the hot interview where he talked about, you know, I, I have to eat better. I have to do different things. I'm getting older. And it's like, I, I think in a weird way that Miami series, that moment is going to be a blessing. Cause I think that forced him to look inward and reflect and be like, all right, like, I'm James Harden, right? Like I'm, I'm an MVP. I'm one of the top 75 players of all time. I can't go out like this. Like this can't happen to a guy like me. And I, I think there was some pretty revealing stuff actually. Um, even though, you know, clearly the article was written for, you know, for publicity purposes, but still, um, you yeah. know, basically talking about the fact that he it seems like he had like a come to Jesus moment of like, all right, like I, I need to do things differently. I, I can't keep going about it the same way. Talked about his lowering his calorie intake, which I can totally respect, but I want to uh, kind of related to that. I want to bring this up to you. To me, this is the best move uh, of the Flyers offseason. Uh, we're not going to talk a ton of Flyers right now because there's not really much to talk about. But they made, um, again, by far their best move. And that is to bring in um, award-winning chef Mark Vetri, uh, <laughs> Jose Garces, and Steven Starr all in on their food uh, this year. Uh, and that sounds very exciting. Now, I don't know about you. I've given the Flyers a lot of my money over the years. I don't have much. I inherently of a, have tried not to. Yeah, I don't have much of a plan to give them any of my money this year for a plethora of reasons. Um, but like, how sad is this? That to me, the Philadelphia Flyers, like this is that that was their best move of the offseason. Like the fact that they got better food because their offseason sucked that bad. So what's the deal? I didn't look really into. I saw there was the Vitri announcement. And Vitri used to kind of be in an ownership stake, a weird thing with Urban Outfitters when I worked there. So I'm Interesting. inherently uh, some really nice food, but jokingly kind of anti him just on a stick it to the I man thing. I can totally relate to that. Uh, yeah, so he's doing, he's I'm doing sure his- you really could. <laughs> <laughs> I won't mention where. Uh, no, yeah. but he, um, so they're doing, uh, it used to be the Bistro. 
on the 11th street side of the club level. And now, oh, okay. Be, okay. That makes sense. Um, they're doing, he's doing pizzas there. So I like that's a pizza guy. Probably going to be really, 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 really good. Um, and so really expensive. Uh, yes, probably <laughs> new culinary concept is part of the Comcast Spectacle course, $350 million in dollar investment in the new Wells Fargo center and will debut as part of the brand new club level this fall. Earlier this summer, Wells Fargo Center also announced culinary partnerships with local restaurateur Stephen Starr and chef Jose Garces. That's 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 the heavy, that's the big names. That's the heavy. No hitters. denying the, the culinary talent there. Not denying yeah. it at all. We mentioned this earlier before the show, little the first ever pregame show. <laughs> I brought it up. You hadn't seen it. So the Flyers sent out a tweet earlier today about a new ticket plan they have this year called Flyers Pass. It's similar to what happened during that Phillies kind of crappy hour where you would pay, I don't know what it is, $50 a month. You could go to all the games for a month, something like that. I'm sure the numbers aren't right, but you get the concept, right? Phillies used to give tickets away and hot dogs. They were great. Yeah. So the Flyers tweet this out today. It's for Flyers Pass. Subscribe and get your Flyers Pass today. The Flyers Pass includes a ticket for four games per month, October through April. Game dates for each month will be released two weeks before the following month. So they want you to pay $25 a ticket to watch what will likely be a bottom three team in the NHL. And in reality, all of those season ticket holders aren't going to all those games. And I'm sure two hours before face-off, you get a ticket for $17 on StubHub or $10 or maybe even $5. The backlash was so severe that the Flyers got absolutely ratioed on this tweet. So as of right now, has seven retweets, 47 likes, 199 quote tweets, and they have turned replies off. Flyers, uh, you've somehow done it again, you bastards. You've, you've angered the fan base, and you uh, haven't even done anything related to the roster or the front office or the coaching staff or the team uniforms. The ticket prices, everything was so bad in terms of fan morale, really, really just terrible. And they're like, hey, let's pay $25 a month or $25 per game to watch the four, I'm sure it'll be the four least entertaining games, the least <laughs> yeah, right. cool or least talented teams coming here. It'll be a Tuesday night game. It won't be a Saturday afternoon game. It'll be stuff like that, I'm sure. Should we start talking about like the Ottawa Senators on this podcast instead of the just a Claude Giroux pod? Just, just, just I, I, <laughs> I want to ask this, and you're a little bit older than me, so you have a little bit more perspective. Not saying you're old, obviously. We're still the same no, I'm, I'm washed. It's okay. Like <laughs> Has there ever been a fan apathy? akin to the flyer situation right now and my thought is the sixers between the end of iris and the beginning of the process that's the gold standard for me that's where i became the sicko type of sixers fan that's where that energy was really brought on because i knew this wasn't working everything wasn't working and then i discovered you know liberty ballers when you know mike levin or even jordan sams was running the site that long ago other sickos you realize this was a complete bs that i was spending my nights as a you know, grade school and high school student watching religiously. And I don't know if anything else, maybe it's a little before my time in terms of remembering, even though I was alive, I'm thinking maybe Phillies. Yeah. 96 to 2001 or something like that. Yeah, that might be, I, it's, those are probably the two ones that you, those are probably the best ones I can think of. It's the, I mean, obviously the Eagles, everyone that cares about the Eagles forever and always in perpetuity. They're just, everyone's going to care about different Eagles, level. even when they sink. Yeah. It's just a totally different thing, but yeah. Uh, the Phillies, you're probably right from like until really from like 96 until they started until, you know, until 
Jimmy Rollins. And they won like 85 and... games in like 2003. So you have like a nice, maybe yeah, seven, even, even eight then, year chunk. Like, yeah. The, the vibes think, were. Yeah. You get everyone to the knew CBP. it was a mirage. CBP changed everything yeah. for them. Well, Tommy. Tommy too. Tommy. Tommy. That, that was probably what turned it around first. Tommy kind of brought the people back in and made you more. And that was the, in the last year of the vet, I think they signed to him. Yeah. He was 2003. I think they got him to sell tickets, but they also got it as we're changing the culture. We're yeah, going to a worked. new building. We've sucked here yeah. for the last 10 years after the 93 season. We're bringing excitement back to the team. We're going to spend the, the cool. We talk about college. Schubert. We like these sluggers when we was a kid. Yeah. College. Uh, Jim tell me is if college Schubert was actually a hall of fame level mm. player. That like was that. the vibe yeah. there. Right? Yeah, no, and it's it's it. You know what it is? It's from the Darren Dalton trade when he got traded to the Marlins. I remember I like that. that. Yeah. I remember that was it was it was like akin to what we all kind of like as Flyers fans, what we experienced with Claude Giroux getting traded. Like that's what it was yeah. kind of like, and we were all pulling for the Marlins to win the World Series, and they did. And Darren Dalton got his ring, and it was awesome. Um, but yeah, from the moment basically from the time he got traded until they signed Tommy, it was definitely apathy. So that's it was definitely on par with that. Sixers wise, yeah. Um, I remember the whole Elton Brand signing and the Philly Max thing, and that was kind of fun oh, for yeah. a minute. Um, but obviously, run with us. That well, um, but the show you love era was kind of fun, even though it had to be blown up for it's, obvious. It was reasons. all a facade. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't. I was, yeah. I was like, I had 17, be... 18, so I was so jaded, and I really enjoyed yeah. the run. the The game, game six, first round against the Bulls that year, I was there. Still, I've I've seen a thousand better games. It feels yes. like. But one of the most memorable experiences I'll ever have the first time and since I became you know, true sicko mode, first time in I think <laughs> almost nine years, I guess nine nine years or so, they won a postseason series. But yeah. I so I, I would say those two errors are both fair. And I would say from like a Flyers perspective, I can't ever remember myself. They had a streak where like, they made the playoffs almost every year for two decades too. It's so... so- Really, it, again, so you want to talk about like when it like it was like the Lindros era when Lindros yeah. when, when that happened, when 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 they made the trade, they make that big swing they get Lindros um, that they were relevant for. Yeah, like for honestly, up until like into the Cold Giroux era, like they had one they had until like 2014, I, I say, basically a little. So probably like um, there was like that. There was a, a little bit of a downturn, like when Richardson and Carter were first coming up, and like they were the guys. Yeah. They stunk for like a year or two then, but then they and bounced they get the back JVR really with the second pick, and then they yeah. come back in 2010. Right, right. But then they they bounced back pretty hard. Um, yeah, and, and became a damn good hockey team for a long time, and we had a lot of fun there. And then up until now, yeah, it's 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 you know what it is. It's the yo-yoing they've done the last couple of years of like being good, being bad, being good, being bad. 2020 now, was really fun though. Yeah. It's all BS in, in retrospect, and yeah. it's the, the bubble, the way you think yeah. of <laughs> whatever the Canadian version of a Mickey Mouse championship <laughs> is. That's what it's the Flyers I'll have to ask Jazz. He's inadvertently getting the first. They were technically the first seed in the East because of that little round robin thing they played of the top yeah. four seeds while everyone else was fighting out for they the did. last now, spots. I, to give them some credit, they did play really good hockey. They were. The they bubble. were very good, and they, they were, were extremely well, entertaining. But, yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap it up there because I think this is get it's I hate to say I think it's getting too depressing to talk about uh the Flyers and uh all these eras gone by that were just not that great. Uh but I want to thank everyone for checking out the Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster podcast, which by the way, should we be like slugging beers, you think, every once in a while on this podcast? Should that be a thing we do? 
Yeah, I didn't do it tonight because I got I, I got home later than I usually do from you know being down at the stadium and stuff like that. And I ordered kind of a healthy dinner. I got pliables. You ever have those? It's like an acai. It's it's the name of a chain, but they make acai bowls and ah, okay. you know like kale pineapple smoothies. Kind of a healthy thing. Not that I'm you know some ripped guy. Obviously, he's, I, I like to counter. I like to counterbalance of the kind of beer and. Sure. You know, cheese steaks and pizza with some healthy dinner that. sometimes. Yeah, I actually, but it felt I, like a weird switch to a beer. But typically going forward, I like to enjoy a cold one or two yeah. to do this. That's what I. So I made some some meatballs today, and they were came out excellent. And I couldn't wait to drink a beer, but I was like, you know what? Let me do the podcast first. I'll drink one afterward. But yeah, next I think, week we'll we'll each have one. Next week. I think that sounds like a pretty good plan. Uh, yeah. Maybe promote some uh, some local stuff and uh, maybe make some people happy. I think that's a good idea. But again, want to thank you all so much for listening. Please rate, download, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, he is Seamus Clancy. I am Paul Hudrick, and we will talk to you guys next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.